When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is 
thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sipanera, and I'm solo today. We had a little bit of a mix-up earlier this week. Uh, We were supposed to have a guest on, and we had it all ready. Um, And I had scheduled the guest at a time that Taylor was unavailable, but it was the only time the guest could have. So I said, you know, I can do the episode. And then there was a whole mix-up on time stuff. So frustrating, but it's okay. That is all part of managing my anxiety because when I have something planned and I feel like I have gone over and over again on the plan and what the timing is for things and then it literally there's something that happens and it blows up, I get so down on myself and so anxious about it. So um, I can talk a little bit about that actually, but I'm going to actually talk about something that I feel like I've wanted to talk about for a long time. I'm going to answer some of your questions, um, try and give some of my therapeutic advice to you all for questions that I've gotten. But um, yes, basically, I there was just a little mix up and I feel terrible because I wanted to put this podcast out earlier this week and it just didn't happen. And I want to apologize to you guys. And I just feel bad because I want to be consistent with this podcast. And all of you loyal listeners have been so wonderful and leaving such good feedback. And I want to make sure that we are providing the best content here and the content that we told you we were going to give you and that we want to continue to give you. Um, We have been getting a little bit of feedback about how we talk about our personal experience on here and how there are some people that don't really appreciate that as much and they kind of just want to hear this is what you should do this is what you need to do to help your anxiety and mental health and that's it and it be very by the book but that's not how what this podcast is this podcast is very much about our experience in our life and for me and my struggle with anxiety and Taylor's struggle with health anxiety and panic disorder and my generalized anxiety. And so we do talk about our personal lives. So I'm sorry, but that's what some of the episodes are going to be. Um, And I thought we were pretty clear about that from the beginning, but if not, then here's your message. Um, I hopefully hope that you will still listen. um, If you know, you feel so inclined 
but I we promise to bring you some really good healing tips and um, raise awareness for mental health and talk about all different topics, but we also will talk about some of our personal things too. So hopefully you're still listening to me now. I know it's a little different without Taylor, but I just wanted to make sure I got an episode out there to you. And Taylor and I schedule sometimes are a little bit disjointed. And, you know, she lives in Texas. I live in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm struggling with my father who's in assisted living. So there's a lot of things that just come on up unexpectedly that I have to do with my family. And so Taylor and I are just very patient with each other. And she's so great in understanding. And I'm so great in understanding things that come up with her. So we just want to make sure we're being as consistent as possible. So feel free to leave us some feedback uh, and email us at theanxietychicks at gmail.com. Let us know if there's things you feel like you prefer to hear or that we could be doing better because that's all part of this. We want to make sure this show is what you want. So without further ado, I do do do. <laughs> this is what happens when I do a solo episode. I don't know if I could ever do a podcast on my own. I feel... I don't know. I think it's interesting and funny. Um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about what to normalize in 2022. Because, and not just this year, but I've been trying to normalize certain things in my life and normalize things in mental health since I've been learning and healing and all of this. And I just think sometimes there's a lot of judgment from other people when you struggle with mental health um, and other type of challenges in your life. And it can really make you feel just very critical about yourself. And so I want to stop the judgment. All right, stop the judgment, people. Okay, can we just, and not even just judgment on other people, can we just stop the judgment on ourselves for a second? I really just want to kind of reframe and and go back a little bit and remember that everyone is unique and that no one is perfect. And there's so many things that can come up in someone's life that can create challenges and can make someone do some things that they choose to do. So I want to normalize a lot of people's behaviors and I want to just normalize a lot of what may come up in life because there is still a stigma, a huge stigma associated with mental health and therapy um, and different mental health disorders, at least in the United States where I am. But I think worldwide, there is still just a stigma. And I think with stigmas come judgment. And I am someone who wants to break that. And I know Taylor does too. And we work so hard on Instagram and this podcast um, and with even in my book and just raising awareness um, about different issues with mental health and anxiety. I want to remove the stigma and really just help teach people how to come from a place of love and not judgment. So I want to practice or I want to talk a little bit about what it can look like to help normalize certain ideas and certain behaviors and what we know about mental health and just health in general 
and just being a person, honestly. So one of the biggest um, things I want to talk about first that I really want to start normalizing is talking openly about emotions and showing emotions and really being able to verbalize the way that you feel and ha- and have someone respond to you in a way that is compassionate and that is not judgmental and being able to feel like you are heard it is so rare that we are able to say exactly what we feel especially when we're in moments of high anxiety. Our brain is just so overactive and reactive that there are so many times we don't even really know what the feeling is. So I do a lot of feeling education in the work with my clients. And um, we do, you know, we look at different feeling words. We look at different feeling faces. I mean, this is work that I do with children as well. But as adults, it is so important to be able to identify a feeling word that is coming to you when you know that you're dysregulated. So I feel scared. I feel worried. I feel sad. I feel excited. I feel rejected. I feel happy. So all of those are feeling words. And I want to normalize saying feeling words and talking about feelings and being able to say, this is what I'm feeling right now. These are my emotions, right? You don't have to have just one emotion at one given time. You can have more than one emotion. Sometimes you feel happy and sad at the same time. Sometimes you feel really scared, but also kind of excited. Um, But I really want us to work on spreading awareness on being open about feelings and and let everyone know that it is not weak to talk about feelings. There's a lot of different communities and a lot of different cultures and a lot of different families that that have this idea that speaking up and talking about your feelings and showing emotion, crying and and you know just and and being scared that that's weak and I I don't know where that came from. I I I know there's probably a history of that. I'm I love talking to people about everyone's experience is different, right? So there's not just yeah, this is how it started. No, but I really I'm try to to learn about everyone's experience and try and understand what is it about crying or just showing emotion that makes people feel so uncomfortable. I, I don't I I get really just so confused about it. There's my emotion word for the day. I get so confused why it is too much for people sometimes to have someone else show their their emotions or describe how they're feeling or you know they I know in my life I grew up being someone that was told you're so sensitive all the you're so sensitive. You're so sensitive all the time. I was just told I was so sensitive and got this belief about myself that I'm just too much when I cry or I'm too much when I show emotion. What is that? I mean, that's such a judgment there on other people, right? Like why why is that reaction from someone whether they're crying a lot or they're just or they have different physical symptoms when they're feeling uncomfortable? So many other people are so uncomfortable. They just it's almost like they don't know how to handle someone like that. When in reality, 
the all, all that st- that person needs at that moment is compassion and validation, right? It looks like you're you're really nervous right now or it looks like you're upset about something. Let let me hear you. What what can I what can we do? What can I do for you or I'm here to listen to you and I wish I could help you. I want to I want to take whatever you're feeling away, but I really understand that it must be painful for you. So I'm just going to sit here with you and hold space. Hold space with that person. I, I It's so, so hard for some people to do that. And I am not judging those people because guess what? There are so many different reasons why there's a lot of people that are limited in expressing their own feelings. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they weren't taught when they were young how to have the skill to express themselves, right? So it's not about blame here. It's just about being aware and how we can normalize talking openly about our feelings. And I love, that's why I love this platform and I love Instagram because I think that Instagram, for me at least, and my platform, I am really hoping I normalize what people go through with their mental health a little bit for other people and they feel less alone, right? So. That's one of the biggest things that I wanted to start with normalizing in 2022 and beyond is showing your emotions and really just speaking up when you're feeling something and learning how to use those feeling words and really get really practice a bigger vocabulary with your feeling words. There's hundreds and hundreds of feeling words. Um, you can I actually put in the Anxiety Healer's Guide, my book that came out um, about like six weeks ago now. Um, there's a whole de- chapter dedicated to feeling expression and a whole page on feeling words and different feeling words that you can say to yourself and that you can educate yourself on and learning how to use I statements when you're talking to people. Like, I feel sad because, and really, really practicing those I statements. And that could be really, really effective when it comes to self-expression and trying to really um, emote and talk openly with other people about your feelings. So that's the first thing I want to normalize, okay? Okay, the next thing I want to normalize in 2022 is being okay with not being okay. So this is kind of a piggyback of what I just talked about, right? being okay with expressing yourself, um, but more more along the lines of recognizing that when you are having a big emotion or maybe you're having an anxiety attack or you're having a panic attack or you're in a deep depression or you're just having generalized anxiety or you're having a problem in your relationship or at work or there's just life adversities and life challenges that happen, that when those things happen, it's not because you're wrong or it's not because you're a failure or because you're at fault, or because you're not good enough. Challenges happen in life that, you know, leave us with a reaction that sometimes make us feel dysregulated because a lot of times when you struggle with anxiety as an adult, you weren't given the tools you needed to know how to regulate yourself in situations that are very challenging and that create worry and create fear and sadness, right? All those feeling words again. You grow up and you 
are supposed to know how to handle all of these really hard adult situations and hard adult responsibilities and job changes and financial stuff, paying your bills, taking care of children, um, learning how to maintain friendships, also learning how to continue your romantic relationships, um, getting older and knowing that people you love are going to die and how you um, move through grieving for people. I mean, in the sense of the word of adulting, right? I know you guys have probably heard um, how adulting now is a verb or whatever, right? And there's so many people that just say, oh, I don't want to adult today. Can we just stop adulting for a little bit? And it is honestly something that I just can relate to so much because life challenges happen. And as you grow up, it's just, I think it's so hard to know how to feel regulated as an adult because there's so many things being thrown at you all the time. And a lot of times it's so hard for people to say, I'm not okay right now. People want to paint this picture that just like, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Yep. You're fine. Almost like if they were to acknowledge that things were not fine, that everything would just spiral and they would just be in a dark hole because how would you get out of it? But the reality is honestly being able to say that you're not okay to someone that you love, that someone you feel safe with, and know that life is not perfect. You are not perfect. You deserve to be able to say, I'm not okay, and I just want a hug right now. <laughs> or I maybe need to talk to a therapist. Or I maybe need to take a little bit of a, of a break right now with where I'm at, and I need your help. I just need 10, 15 minutes to go into the other room and I need to just lay in quiet and I need to breathe. Can you please take the kids for 15 minutes? Knowing what you need to do to help yourself, to make self-care a priority, to make your mental health a priority, not just your physical health, right? I mean, we're so programmed to go right to the doctor whenever we have one little thing happen in our bodies, right? Physically, oh my gosh, my finger hurts. I'm going to the doctor. I have a headache. I think I need, maybe it's like hurting. I'm going to go get some medicine. Um, you know, we're so ready to go to our, you know, primary care doctor if we physically feel anything. But when it comes to mental health, why is it so hard to just say we're not okay? And we maybe need some help, which comes to the other part of what I want to normalize in 2022 is also asking for help. There's something that in my own experience with my anxiety and with my clients in my practice and all the environments I've worked in before that in schools and in behavioral health, where it is so hard for people to ask for help. There's this idea of burdening others, right? And not understanding, you know, why we feel a certain way and thinking that we have to do it on our own and that I got this. I don't, you know, I don't want to burden anyone else with this. They have they have their own problems. Right? Like they they have so many other things going on. You know, I don't want to burden them or um you know, I I feel like I feel like I can probably handle it. And then what happens? Right? You don't talk about it. You kind of just go with the flow. Maybe you distract yourself from what's really going on by, you know, working too hard. Um 
scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or other social media too much, watching mindless shows a lot, um, being involved in maybe communities that aren't the healthiest, whether it has to do with like partying or stuff like that. Um, but you you do certain you make certain choices to make you forget about what's going on and maybe forget about the debilitating anxiety or the depress- depressive thoughts that you have or other type of mental health challenges happening and all the stressful moments in your life. You try and just forget about it and deny it or avoid it. And what happens is it's always going to manifest itself in some other way. A lot of times it's physically. People, a lot of people have migraines or irritable bowel syndrome. Um, a lot of times people have panic attacks. So there's these physical symptoms that happen, which people say, quote unquote, out of nowhere. So someone's sitting in their car and all of a sudden they feel like they can't breathe or they feel suffocated, racing heart, you know, sweaty, all the stuff. The fact is all of those things that are happening physically are connected to your mind as well. So I want to normalize asking for help and being able to say to yourself, I think I need some support and that is totally okay. It doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me less than. It makes me human. And we are all human. And if there's anything that, you know, you might have learned from this podcast for the first 70 episodes or whatnot is that we are all human. And I actually love being able to do this work now as a therapist because if it was 20 years ago, therapists were never supposed to talk about their own lives. I think it was Freud or one other another type of, you know, psychological founding father, who knows. Um, But basically, we were supposed to be totally separate from humanity. A therapist was just never supposed to disclose things about their lives and be this kind of like blank slate for their clients. And I love that there's so much it's just so much more progressive. I mean, believe me, there's still such a stigma with therapy and there's plenty of clinicians that do not agree with the work that I do, but there's plenty that do. And this is the way of the world. We're feeling connected in a different way, which I think is wonderful. Um, I'm able to talk about my experience and I think it helps people connect to me on a different level where they can relate to me. They don't just see me as an expert who's read a lot of textbooks. Yeah, and I have a, a master's degree. Yes, I have education, but I'm a human first, a therapist second. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So being able to say to yourself, like, I'm human. I need help right now. It is one of the bravest things you can do. And as long, I, I hopefully you're listening and you can at least think of one or two people in your life that feel safe for you, people that don't judge you, people that you can go to and say, maybe I need help. And if you don't, search out a therapist in your area and really just reach out and take that first step. The first step is the hardest sometimes, <laughs> especially with therapy. You know, making that initial email or that initial call, it can feel very jarring, but I promise, I promise it's so good for you. Which brings me to the last thing I really want to try and normalize. There's so many other (laughs) ideas I want to normalize and I could probably go on for a long time, but these are just, you know, the major points I wanted to get to, but um, going to therapy. Let's normalize going to therapy in 2022. I feel like we've come a long way. I feel very um, confident that we are moving closer and towards a more um, open response to therapy uh, and ending the stigma towards it, but it's still definitely there. And guess what? There's a lot of different cultures around the world that um, are very resistant to this type of work still therapy in general. And I'm hoping that just throughout the world, people can start opening their mind a little bit about sharing their feelings and going to talk to someone about what they're going through and recognize that there is a reason why this is a uh, huge booming field, psychology. Still so much research having to be done all the time about the mind and the body, but being able to see someone who is objective, who can really, really hear what you're saying and make you see it in a new perspective, really kind of help challenge the way that you think about certain life adversities and challenge the way that you might believe you might have been conditioned to believe about yourself. Challenge those things. See it in a different light. And really just give you some extra insight into your life. It can feel so, so empowering. And not to say that it's not hard work because you might have been to therapy already or maybe you haven't, but most likely a therapist is going to say at some point, you know, it might start like you're, it might start feeling like you're getting worse before you get better when you start the therapy process. And the reason for that is because when you go into therapy, you're going to be talking about a lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of, um, you're going to be just disclosing a lot about your life, a lot about your family, a lot about your job, a lot about your own, you know, limitations, a lot about your friends, a lot about your childhood. A lot, of, a lot of things that maybe you haven't talked about in a long time or even ever, and there's going to be a lot of emotions that come up, right? But that's a good thing. If you've ever heard the expression, the only way out is through, a lot of therapists would say that too to you. <laughs> and 
essentially what that means is the only way to really heal those wounds, whether it's trauma or whether it's related to severe phobias or anxiety or whatnot, the only way to really heal is to move through those emotions. And a lot of times with a therapist that you connect with and that you click with, and sometimes it takes a couple therapists before you find one you collect, uh, you connect with. FYI, you've probably heard me say this a million times on this podcast, but don't give up if you haven't found one yet. Just give it some time. Ask some people around you if there's anyone they recommend. Do your research on psychologytoday.com. Um, most Therapist will always offer a 15-minute conversation on the phone and a consult just to see if you are um, if you're a match, if you guys can connect. And every therapist should do that. So if they don't, I don't know. Um, there is a page in my book in the Anxiety Healer's Guide that has 12 questions to ask a therapist before you actually take them on. Because if you think about it, you're the one that's really hiring <laughs> this person, right? You want to make sure that you are finding someone that will really be helpful. So there's actually 12 questions I offer in the book that you can ask on the phone or even email a therapist before you meet with them, if, before you you decide to use them. That can help get a better sense of who they are and if you want to use them. So the link is in the show notes for my book. You can always get that there. Um, but yeah, essentially, let's normalize going to therapy, y'all. Okay? It's such a healthy, healthy healing thing to do. And guess what? I posted something on my Instagram the other day. I'm doing this new uh, Mental Health Monday quizzo thing on my stories. So tune into that. Every Monday, I'm going to put about two to three different quiz questions about mental health. There's some are going to be about anxiety, depression, trauma, anything. Um, and there'll be some statistics, but there'll also be, be just some, just some to see how much you know about mental health, because I want to do this for myself too. So I put um, like one of the questions I did, how many people in the United States are diagnosed with a mental health disorder? I think it was like one in four. Um, but yes, so Mental Health Monday quiz And basically, I really just want to start ending the stigma and having people learn a lot about mental health and why it's important to also focus on our mental health as much as our physical health. Um, so let's normalize these things, you guys, okay? Let's do it. Okay, let's get to a couple questions. Shall we? Okay. So I got one question that says, how to ignore thoughts if panic naturally keeps answering? Okay. So the one thing I, I see happening here is someone is asking how they can ignore thoughts. And so that's probably part of the problem. A lot of times when we try to just ignore what's happening in our brain, 
um, and ignore a lot of the thoughts that we have and we try and push them away, push them away and we resist them, like stop doing that, stop thinking about this. That's when they get the loudest and that's when they get the strongest. So what you want to do is try to start acknowledging that the thoughts are there. First, you want to also remind yourself that thoughts are just thoughts, right? They have no power. Thoughts are literally like clouds in the sky. We have over 50,000 of them a day and they just float on by and they come up. Oh, there's another one. Oh, it's really sunny out now. My anxiety is at like level two. Great. Oh, here they come. My anxiety is going up to five or six, right? So thoughts are like clouds. You want to watch them. You want to observe them. They float on by and they really do not have power. They feel like they have power a lot of times when you have anxiety. And so this question, this person is probably feeling like the thoughts are very intrusive and you just don't want them there. But the truth is they're there. And what you can do is just say to yourself, I see you. I know the thoughts there. How true is it? What's the evidence I have for this? Right? If it's something about avoiding something or being scared of something, maybe it's a what if. What if this happens? What if? The, okay. How much evidence do I have? Is this thought really, really true? Well, it's like, feels like it's like 95% true, but there's probably 5% of it that's not. Okay. Well, let's think of that 5%. What's that 5% saying? Well, why is it why is it not true? Let's write those things down. Right? Because that 95% of your reactive mind is trying to be in control. But that 5% of your logical mind, it's still in there. There's just some reason that you've been conditioned to not listen to it. Right? Why why would you rather listen to your reactive mind and not your logical mind? Let's practice that. So let's stop ignoring the thoughts and let's embrace them. And let's say, okay, these are the thoughts that are really scary for me. And I know that they're just thoughts. I don't, you know, let's, let's think about why they're scary for me, right? That's the, that's the emotion I get. I have these thoughts and the emotion behind it is fear, right? I'm scared. I get worried. So that would be my first my first answer to that is definitely work on trying to embrace the thoughts. Remember, the only way out is through. So processing the thoughts and recognizing that they're not in control and that they're just thoughts. And a lot of times being able to um, rewire your brain is really hard, but it takes practice. So um finding, creating your own toolkit, right? Which I talk all about in my book. I teach you how to create your own healing toolkit. And once you can create this toolkit with all different types of strategies and support systems and exercises and coping tools and affirmations, all your, your, your whole healing toolkit. Once you can do that, you can create a daily habit of literally rewiring your brain. So those thoughts seem very, very, very quiet, and your logical thinking is a lot louder. Remember, you can't take thoughts out of your brain. You can't just like go in there and like screw out all those thoughts. It's not how it happens. So work on really creating this, this place of peace in your mind, and that takes practice. 
breath work, visualization exercises, meditations, yoga, um, therapy. I mean, I'm trying to think what's part of my toolkit. Progressive muscle relaxation. That's not really a cognitive exercise, but it still regulates my body when it gets very dysregulated. Um, emotional freedom technique or tapping. One of my favorites. Um, music, right? I do a lot of music therapy. That's so healing for me. Um, a lot of times my stomach feels a certain way when I'm anxious and I use a heating pad or a weighted blanket. That really calms my nervous system. I use hydrotherapy. I use ice a lot of times. Um, I'll put it on my wrists or the back of my neck, which helps the vagus nerve. Um, nature. I'll go out into nature. I'll do breathing. I'll do breath work. Gosh, these I'm like naming all my toolkit. My all, By the way, my toolkit is a whole example of my toolkit is in the book, is in the Anxiety Healer's Guide if you want to see exactly what my toolkit looks like. Um, so again, in the show notes, but good question. Okay. The next question and final question. How do you know which form of therapy is best for you? CBT, neurofeedback, et cetera. Okay. This is what I'll say. It's very, it's hard to answer this. So there's definitely different types of modalities that have, research has shown are very effective, right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about research. Um, there are numerous studies that have found cognitive behavioral therapy to be very effective for anxiety disorders and depression. Um, DBT as well. Very, very effective for anxiety and trauma. There have been – there's been a lot of research on EMDR and it, its effects on trauma work um, and being very healing with that. Um, you know, the the problem with limiting yourself to just one thing is that I think when it comes to anxiety, people with anxiety just want answers. So it's almost as if we say, well, which one is the best because I need the best treatment because I just want it to go away. And the fact is there's so many different reasons why treatment is effective and it doesn't mean just the modality. So yes, there's research out there that says that there are certain therapeutic treatments that are more effective for certain disorders and I would just go and do your own research. Like if you struggle with depression, best therapeutic treatment for depression, you'll probably come up with like thousands and thousands of things. But um, the truth is there's so many factors that go into effective treatment, right? One of them is the type of therapist you have. <laughs> Therapeutic relationship is one of the most important um, and effective parts of healing. That therapeutic relationship you have is really it just – it really – not makes or breaks, but it can really help you heal in a way that is very different that than if you weren't to feel connected or you just weren't 
the, the relationship with the therapist and the client just wasn't, wasn't good. There's lots of reasons for that, but like that's one factor. Another factor is, you know, the resources, right? I mean, how many, and that's one thing that I try and I've been trying to do since I started in this field is trying to make resource therapeutic resources more available to people that can't financially afford it. So I worked in the inner city in Philadelphia for years. I worked in a behavioral health center. I worked in education in the inner city at a charter school. I worked with a lot of underprivileged families and they hardly have any resources to mental health services. And the ones that they do, those organizations are so just, there's so much traffic. There's so many people that need help. And it's so disheartening because there's just not a lot of money that goes into mental health in the United States, at least. I think they do the best they can, I guess, but it just was, it was so, um, as someone that worked in it and was trying to really just get, have people find access to mental health treatment, but just find that there were just like roadblocks everywhere. It becomes, it just becomes so sad. And so that's another factor to treatment, right? So what is the best treatment for you? I don't know. I wish I had an answer. All I know is that with my experience, yes, I'm, I'm an expert in cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's, that's one that I really believe in. And I think with most psychologists, they'll tell you that. They're with their education and with their experience and probably their own personal experience, the reason they chose the modality they did is because of all those things. Not because like that one's the best. This one's the best. So I want to choose that. No. They're really, it's just all, it, it really depends on what you're going through and the needs that you have and what modality works works for you. So sometimes it takes trial and error and I hate to say that, but I think neurofeedback is amazing and I think it could be amazing for anyone, honestly, because it just gives you good information. Um, you know, and there's psychoanalysis. There's, um, oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm like blanking <laughs> on it. I'm just always so just always so CBT person that I'm trying to think. Um, oh, there's there's rational mode of behavior therapy too. REBT. It's Albert Ellis. I love him. He talked a lot about unconditional positive regard, which I totally believe in, which is basically something that the therapist. Um, it's this dynamic of the therapist client, and the therapist always makes sure to have complete non-judgment in the session and not have bias and um, always just think that unconditionally that this, this client there has the, you always have the best interest of the client basically. <laughs> and there's always something about that client that is positive and that can be shifted in a good way. I don't know. I might have butchered that, but that's what I, that's what I believe. Um, anyway, this has been a longer episode than I thought. And I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the solo one. I'm really sorry. I do miss Taylor and she will be back next week. Sorry for the mix up, but I wanted to get something out there to you guys. And just feel free to email us, theanxietychicks.com. 
and also buy my book, The Anxiety Healer's Guide. Oh, and leave us a review, please. We should have said this at the beginning. But leave us a review if you can on iTunes. We really love it. Um, and it really just helps, you know, push our podcast out. So if you enjoy it, that would be amazing. All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.